Hello, you're listening to me and my yoga with me, Yoga Harriet. This is a podcast where you get to hear some of the inspirational stories that have shaped the yoga teachers you might know and love or who might be totally new to you. In this week's episode, I'm speaking to a London-based yoga teacher who has built a significant profile amongst the yoga community worldwide. It is my pleasure to introduce Hannah Barrett. Hannah first came to yoga to help her better manage working in a stressful career in finance and her practice and love for it grew as she fell pregnant with her son. As a new mum, she made the step to becoming a teacher and is now passionate about teaching in a way that helps people, particularly other mums, use the tools that they have acquired from their yoga class to give them the inner strength to live more fully. In this episode, we talk about Hannah's early experiences in yoga and her decision to become a teacher. We talk motherhood, her experiences with pregnancy yoga and postnatal exercise generally, and we chat about what has motivated her to co-launch a collection of e-books, one of which is specifically targeted at postnatal recovery. Hannah also speaks about how her meditation practice has developed over the years and has been an anchor to her during lockdown. And of course, we touch on her huge Instagram following and what that is like. Hannah has such an interesting story to share and I know that this episode will speak to so many yogis and mums alike. Welcome, Hannah. Hi. Hi there, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? That's good, thank you. So, Thanks so much for coming on today. Tell me about how you got into yoga in the first place. I know that you were an actuary working in London. So how did yoga fit into your life? So I used to be obsessed with the gym. Um, I used to probably go pretty much every morning before we work. It was like part of my morning routine. I'd get up early, I'd go to the gym and then I'd walk to work. And I would take the occasional yoga class, like I'm talking once every week, two weeks, every month like it would vary and it was like a yoga class at my gym that was good I found it really hard because I couldn't touch my toes and people never believe that because they always think that yogis are are come from gymnastic backgrounds or whatever I really really don't I could not I I still I'm struggling to do a handstand I could probably hold it for a second or two but like I I wasn't naturally a gymnast like actually I was so clumsy so when people comment on my post going oh you're so graceful I'm like thank you truly thank you because I you know I was the girl who would trip um and then when me and my husband were about to get married we decided we were going to start trying for a baby straight away and I was like I need to sort out my stress levels because I was a really stressed actuary like I used to work on like you know you know how it is I used to work on deals and when you're working on a project you can pull all-nighters you can be working till four in the morning and I was just like, I was so overworked and overstressed and I sometimes just couldn't, I, you know, what I really needed to do was pause and, and take a step back. But when you're, when you've got so much to do, you, you often don't think that I wish actually I'd had my yoga training back then because I would probably have been a better actually. But anyway, so I decided I need to get into, needed to get into yoga to sort my stress levels. And, um, so just before we were getting married, like I started a regular practice and I think I started then on our honeymoon, I started like a daily practice and then very quickly, well, we had a honeymoon baby. So I fell pregnant on our honeymoon and then I remember walking. So I still was doing my like practice at home. And then I remember walking into a yoga class and I was six weeks pregnant and I went to the side from the class and I was like, I'm pregnant. 
And she was like, get out. And I was like, oh God. So she made me get out of the class because, you know, I kind of get it now. Like it is, it was really upsetting for me at the time, but she maybe wasn't qualified and she was like, no, you know. So, um, and then actually I had, I had a scare, like I had a bleed at about week seven. So I stopped doing yoga until about week, until I got through my first scan and we knew everything was okay. And then I started up daily practice again. And I actually, I was fortunate enough that I could get one-on-one lessons every week. So I, I pretty much learned through self-practice in a way and through this one-on-one. Um, and because I, that was the way I preferred to do it. I preferred to do it in my hours because of my job. Like I didn't want to go to a studio um, or I couldn't, I couldn't, timing-wise it just didn't work. So I did most of it myself. So it sounds like your yoga practice kind of actually came out more when you were pregnant yeah so then it just it clicked when I was pregnant like I got it so before it always been like I suppose I went to it to try and get more flexible and um and you know maybe to reduce stress but like it just it suddenly clicked for me like actually this is really working I'm really fine it was just something I really look forward to getting on my mat and then you do find isn't it we were both saying at the beginning before you hit record about how you know you start off not wanting to go into the spiritual side but it slowly creeps in and you take yoga off the mat and it just it just happens like that and a lot of people find that and so what was your so at what point did you decide to become a teacher so after I had my first baby I um so at this point so probably about 18 months into having it like having started like a daily self-practice I had had like my son when he was born had silent reflux he had um he just didn't sleep so for, for the first four five six months of his life like I it got to the stage actually where he was waking every half an hour every 45 minutes of the night I was hugely sleep deprived I was then like diagnosed with um post-age depression and I had like a really tough time and yoga really helped me I have to say as did therapy so I did have therapy as well I don't I really I'm not one to say that yoga is this cure-all because although it does some people find that it's enough like it's not it's not a it's not a magic pill is it like sometimes sometimes we need extra things so um but because how much it kind of supported me in my pregnancy through the birth and in motherhood I just thought you know what I I'm not sure I want to go back to being an actor yet I'm not sure I can go back to those crazy hours and I want to do something where I can share this and I can help other people and help other mums and I had this idea at this point for what then grew into strength free yoga and wanting to write, write a postnatal um, yoga inspired guide because with, after having Jack, I had, I had diastasis recti, which is a really, really common in, in um, basically pretty much everyone gets it in pregnancy and it does go away in a lot of cases it's on, a, on its own after having a baby. But um, it's, so it's the separation of the tummy muscles or some people call it mom tum which I hate, but you know, that's people, a lot of people know that name. Um, and I jumped back into this kettlebell mum class and it was the wrong thing for me to do. I worsened my diastasis. I actually injured my rotator cuff. It was just like, it was just really, really annoying and really the wrong thing for me to do. So I was like, I wanted to help mums understand their postnatal bodies and what they could do because a lot of mums do actually want to get back into more dynamic forms of exercise but like, it's the question is, how do you do that safely? How do you do that with um, understanding what's gone on, the changes that's gone on with your body? So that was when it first kind of the idea came about. And so that's when you decided to do your teacher training. So then I did my teacher training. Um, and then I did, so I did a year long one. So I could kind of fit it in around having um, 
I think it was, Jack was probably about eight months when I started. And then right at the end of doing it, so a year later, I also did my pregnancy training as well. Um, and then at that point, I was pregnant actually with Amelie. So yeah, I was pregnant with my second baby. So it was really lovely actually do, to do a teacher training while pregnant. I was like pampered. I remember I was like 11 weeks pregnant and they were like loads of people were pregnant in it and they were like asking everyone how they were. And I suddenly just thought, do you know what? I'm exhausted. And I hadn't realized because I had a toddler and I was trying to, you know, I, I, you just don't, you don't tune in. And I suddenly tuned in and went, do you know what? Actually, I'm really, really, really tired. <laughs> so and then I just was given chocolate and told to lie down for like five days it was so good you did that with Uma Dinswatani didn't you I did yeah yeah the godmother of pregnancy oh my god she's so loud I was just like can I just hold your hand (laughs) I love you she's very yeah she's amazing woman absolutely amazing yeah what I love about the work that you do and I think it's one of the reasons why your profile has resonated with me so much is that you really do look to use yoga as a support for mothers you know, whether yeah. it's in the, in the journey through pregnancy, because I'm, I'm six months postpartum myself. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've just had a little baby girl in December. Actually, so it's nearly seven. Um, and What's I her name? Orla. Orla. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Um, yeah. So we, oh, I'm, I'm from an Irish background. So that's why she's Orla, which means golden princess, which I just think is so cute because she's actually got really fair hair and <laughs> I don't have fair oh, hair. That's um, so gorgeous. Oh um so when I was pregnant it, it I really noticed when you said that that person told you to get out of their class I felt that kind of oh god I have a you know I have a strong yoga practice I was already qualified by the time that I was pregnant um but I was so scared about you know kind of being underconfident in my body and what right. I really feel like um women like yourself do is give women back the confidence to learn about their bodies and learn about the process that happens with pregnancy and postpartum confident to get back into exercise because if you kind of do the traditional pregnancy yoga which I'm not knocking by any sense but a lot of people still want a bit of a dynamic practice pregnancy, don't they so to just kind of sit and breathe and you know you almost feel like your 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 liberation of your body is kind of been taken away from you because so many people say you can't do that you can't do a twist don't you get a wheel you know (laughs) I would I'd love to talk about this more so what I, in defense of pregnancy yoga classes, it's really hard. I don't actually often do them because you have like a loved one and ones in pregnancy, but when you have a room full of people, you can literally have someone who's 13 weeks, someone who's 39 weeks. You can have someone who's done yoga for 10 years and someone who's never done it before. It's a really, really hard class. So that's why it's a lot on helping you stretch, helping you breathe, helping you do your pelvic floor, things like that. So you, it's a really hard thing to measure. But, um, and then lots of people who say, if you go, if you try to go into a regular, regular yoga class, if they haven't had training, all they've been taught is this list of things, the do's and don'ts. Mm. Um, and it's, I would say to people, like, there are some things that you don't want to do. So, um, off the top of my head, things like twists. Yeah. You want to, you want to avoid them. You want to avoid inversions and let, like, even if you're really confident, I'd say go to a wall because if you fall out, like it's a risk, it's a risk you don't want to take, or I didn't want to take it anyway. Um, it's, it depends on the person, you know, and then, um, jumping, be careful of jumping because of your pelvic floor. Um, and I'm just thinking, oh, holding your breath. You don't want to hold your breath. So there are certain things, but if you've been doing a daily, um, you know, vinyasa flow, power yoga flow 
for you know years before it's always so i i, I wrote strength for yoga, yoga with a physiotherapist so i always ask her about it because she's not a yoga teacher she's pilates trained but you know I, I she's got so much training and she's just like just don't start anything new don't start if you've never done exercise before don't start doing hit if you've never done yoga then probably do start in a pregnancy yoga class um, but if you've been doing loads of kind of like Pilates or gym work or other things and you're fairly fit, then maybe you can do more dynamic practice. But the biggest thing I say to people is listen to your body, listen to what you need. Cause sometimes our head is telling us we need to move. Like, you know, you do what you want to stay fit. You want to stay kind of like as toned as you can do in pregnancy. But if your body, you know, if you're actually saying, no, you know what? I don't feel like it today. Just don't do it. Yeah. And that, that, that's so true for someone like me because I had placenta previa, which is where you have the low yeah. placenta, so you bleed literally every day. And oh. I just had absolutely no trust in my body whatsoever because I was yeah. so frightened. And then by the time I kind of got to seven or eight months, I actually started to do more of a regular yoga practice because I just thought, you know, I do feel a bit more confident. And yeah. that felt like the right time to do it. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I needed it was because, you know, my mental health took such a bashing because I just didn't trust. I had absolutely no trust yeah. in myself. Um, and it's just, it, like, I think when you see blood, it's just such a... Oh, it, oh God, it actually, it gives me shivers. It does. It's, it's, um, so it's, so I said with Jack, I'd had the bleed and I, and, and then after hearing it like obviously after experiencing it I realized how common it is mm -hmm. and it's awful I spent the whole pregnancy waiting for it to happen again and so I can't I can only imagine how awful that must have been for you I'm so sorry that is just it's just awful because you just think the worst yeah yeah what, what was funny for me sorry to talk about me for a second <laughs> no no go for it it's interesting was that obviously I'm a yogi but I had to have a c-section I you know I, I had yeah. no so I, I wanted to do all of the, the hypnobirthing and all of that stuff. But at 20 weeks, I was told, look, you've got low lying placenta. If it moves in 95% of, of cases, if I'm going to say the 5% that it's not going to move, it's going to be yours. So I was sort of, I had this uncertainty for a long time about whether I was going to have a natural birth. And then when I was finally told you're going to have a C-section, that sort of, am I going to get judgment from a C-section, even though it's oh. not, my, you know, not my fault? no it's it's really it's really really hard i was reading this article yesterday um from this amazing psychotherapist friend of mine called anna maffa but um fern cotton had done the um like written a little paragraph above it and it was basically like it was basically like mom stop judging each other like just stop the judgment because actually like oh, it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as you have a healthy happy baby like it's not but we we also put so much pressure on ourselves, which, yeah. oh, it's so difficult, isn't it? Mm. And it's the same so with breastfeeding. You know, when you yeah. said that Jack had silent reflux, my daughter has reflux. And it is honestly, if you know, you know, it is one of the worst things I can... You have pukey reflux, because Emily had the pukey reflux, yeah. It's, it's, if, I've never experienced anything like it. One time we had to, I had to take off every single one of my clothes, including Monica's and Emily the same way. Like literally she just covered us all. Like my husband was like, oh my God, what's happened? Yeah. Thank goodness we don't have carpets. Everything is fortunately hard floor in my house. Oh, we need downstairs. to, we do have carpets and we're like, we really need to change our carpets. Yeah. And those are the kind of things though, where your mental health just takes a real battering because you think I want to breastfeed, I want to breastfeed, but actually it's really causing me a lot of, pain and suffering mm. because if i'm holding my baby here i'm not enjoying this experience because I've, the puke's just going all down into my pants mm. down my legs all that kind of stuff so i ended up 
stop I stopped breastfeeding at five months I just couldn't take it anymore oh god well I'm feeding it for five months though yeah but you know it prioritizing a mother's mental health is so important isn't it especially as someone like you who's had postnatal depression so I so I'll tell you a story so with um when Jack was younger so he had silent reflux so it's different. Silent reflux, you, they don't actually puke. So it, it, and it, oh God, it just meant he, he hated being lied down, um, lying down because the acid would come up his throat. It was awful. Um, and I, I was breastfeeding him, but pumping as well. Like I can't remember why I was pumping. But I remember thinking, right, I am not going to breast pump next time. And then I don't know if you know the story of Amelie's birth, but she was like premature. She was so sick. She was only four pounds. She was in NICU for three weeks. It was just horrendous. She nearly died when she was born and she had this reflux reflux. So, you know, (laughs) I'm sure lots of people listen to this and be like, I know this, but if you haven't experienced it before, it's the weird, like, it's just, it's the weirdest thing, like that so much liquid can come out such a tiny human. Um, and then because she was, because she was premature, I was like, she needs my milk, but she couldn't, she literally couldn't feed from me because she was sick. So I expressed my milk for five and a half, six months, but like six, seven times a day, I was attached to a breast pump. And like, I, again, I look back and I think, why did I do that? Why did I not just put her on milk? And something in my mind was going, cause she's premature. And I, and I, I wish I could have like shaken myself and gone, why, why are you doing that? Yeah. Oh, I know that the, the, the stories that I told myself around giving my daughter formula, goodness knows why I had such a negative, you know, I just don't want to do formula. It's just not, you know, it's not the right thing to do. I have to breastfeed. Um, mm. And you tell yourself these things because, you know, like you say, mums just beat up other mums sometimes. It, you know, mm. we really need to come together as a motherhood, as a community. Yeah. And, you know, nurture each other rather than bashing each other down because someone's made a different choice than someone else. Yeah. And you, just, you never know the full story. If you're seeing someone feed their kid, I remember, um, cause one of the, Emily also can't have, um, cow's milk. So one of the formulas she was prescribed is the most disgusting thing. I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but it literally is made from potatoes or something and it smells revolting like and tastes absolutely disgusting and one of the, the forums i was reading was people put nest quick in it to get them to eat it and i didn't try it with her because actually i decided i'd put her back on my breast milk because i just couldn't i like watching her try and eat this was just horrendous and i was like well actually if you saw someone with a with a nest quick looking milk you would like really judge them but you don't know that you don't know what's yeah. going on like yeah, you just I don't know the full story milk, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah exactly so yeah Let's stop judging each other, mums. What I'm really loving at the moment is, well, actually what I loved as soon as I came postpartum was downloading the ebook that you have on postpartum, which has a six-week program for sort of helping you come back to, you know, helping your muscles knit back together, helping your pelvis stabilise, all of that kind of stuff that you need. And it has a 10-week program where it's kind of about helping you build up strength again um, obviously helping with weight loss I know this I, I hate to use the kind of weight loss thing for mums but I know that unfortunately it is such a reality that a lot of people do obsess over losing the baby weight and I yeah. hate that reality I wish it wasn't there but obviously it is um yeah I love that because it, it does feel like as I spoke earlier about liberating pregnant women it's also liber- you know you liberate postnatal women by saying you don't you can do you can start building your strength back up again. Yeah, and here's how to do it safely. I'm so I, I had no idea you had the guide. I'm so um I'm so happy to hear that. Have you tried some of the flows in it then as well? Yeah, yeah. some of the so I'm kind of like stepping up through the flows, and the they're really hard. They are really hard. Free flow. 
<laughs> the worry of free flow is um, pretty intense. But I'm, I'm, it's one of those things. Well, do you know what? The next one I want to get is your strength through yoga one, because I also love the way that you're changing the rhetoric around reinventing yoga as stretching. I feel like oh god yeah sorry you mean the circuits yeah so um the, yeah so just to say to the guys listening i've got two one of them's the postnatal which is the first one and then we brought out the circuits which we were meant to bring out really quickly just kind of based on the yoga circuits and the postnatal guide and then we just it turned into this huge project and we added a lot about anatomy basically making it so people with any kind of injury could try and modify their practice and we gave like finola obviously physiotherapist gave all the tips but yeah the postnatal guide is like actually like you know, you don't need to just do these like very um, boring exercises. I'm going to just say boring exercises. You can like, if you want to do a plank, do a plank, but this is what to look for. Um, and if this is happening to you, drop your knees or bring your knees closer or do this instead. So we try and modify it so you can, um, yeah, so you can modify it to suit your body. Yeah, and I suppose the really great thing that you've got is you've also got, you know, it's all sort of, it's been reviewed by doctors, it's been reviewed by physiotherapists, you know, it's not, it's not just a yoga, um, a yoga sort of educational thing, it's actually sort of brings everything together so that people can do it really confidently and think actually, yeah. you know, I'm not just getting these messages from a yoga teacher who maybe has only done, you know, 20 hours of postnatal training, I'm yeah. all of these other resources as well. So I think that gives you a little bit more confidence that you're doing the right thing yeah it's yeah that's exactly right because when I had the ideas I said I had it so so much earlier and then when I met Fanola, I was like I need you to come on board with me I need us to do this together because interestingly I've actually done a 75 hour postnatal training but I have learned so much more from what Fanola's taught me um than than from my postnatal training not saying it was bad but like you need to kind of understand the anatomy um because it's it's it is there's a really key part of it yeah and one of the things that i noticed recently the most recent flow i did of yours was actually the back bending flow oh yeah how you spoke about having had a traumatic birth like you did with your daughter opening the heart and was pinching in the back and yeah. you did like back bends for a while and I, t I i decided to try your flow because i saw, saw that you'd done an instagram post and i thought this is exactly how i feel about back bends i used to have such a strong, a strong back bend i could not touch my toes but i could easily like reach around and grab my feet with my hands in a wheel oh my word <laughs> um but yeah so i you know I, and now i can't even i can barely push up into wheel i just feel so scared so i tried your um i tried that flow i was still a bit scared i won't i won't lie um, yeah what i noticed though was that it was lyt can you explain what lyt yeah so um i've just done this year i've done another 200 hour training so i already had one 200 hour training but i was really looking for an anatomy focused one and i made friends over instagram with this incredible yogi called lara hyman who is over 50 and looks like she's 30 like she's incredible but she knows she's been doing she's a physical therapist which is a physio to us uk guys over in the us and she's been doing it for over 20 years and I was just like, yes, I need to do this program. And it is so good. So when she was talking about backbend, so because what you were saying before is actually I have never had a strong backbend. I always got the pinch in my lower back, but it was just after I'd had Amelie, actually, I just physically felt I couldn't get into it. I couldn't open my heart. It was just, it was too much for me. Um, and then I, when I did get back into it, I was just like, this just doesn't feel good. And it was, um, so the flow that I put onto YouTube is one of the flows that we learned on our training. It's exactly how Lara designed it to be. Um, but I, that training was so good. It's completely transformed the way I teach and the way I understand things. And, um, 
which is which is big like it's it's big to say something has changed me so much but it is it's it's so true and it's changed the way I practice back bends um I just understand them more because it's very confusing there are very outdated cues being still being thrown around the yoga world the two I can think of are don't use your glutes in back bends which isn't right because your glutes actually extend your hips and they stabilize your pelvis and there are reasons why you need your glutes but also the when you lift your arms above your head relax your shoulders which apparently is an old cue from dancers because it looks prettier but when you bring your arms above your head because of your scapular humor rhythm you need your shoulders to lift it's not natural to pull them down it doesn't feel good so um it's going to shorten the spine isn't it and make the pinch in the lower back worse it just doesn't work yeah it just doesn't it's just not good so i love these teachers who have this background where you know they've done so much training they they really understand the human body and this it was just really fascinating if you're ever looking at doing another training i would yeah really really recommend it i looked forward to all the lectures and actually the fact it was online i loved because I could fit it in around having two little kids and you can rewind because some of the lectures I've watched twice because they're so yeah that's a good I feel like you're reinventing the prop as well because when oh, I was yeah. doing yoga when someone would say like you might need a block I'd be like no I don't I don't need a block I'll be fine like I'll be fine I could you know in a in a I suppose in a what like a half moon I could get my hand to the floor I have long arms yeah <laughs> but what I love is that you actually bring props in to make poses more challenging yeah so, yeah it's google props it's always about like oh these are really helpful for beginners you know they bring the floor up to you and all this sort of stuff but what you do is you kind of you've just been like no the prop is literally you can rock it it's awesome you can rock the prop it's awesome it's so difficult isn't it i really want to get people's um vision about the prop being making it easier because people hate I remember like when I used to teach particular tour, I used to teach in this private members gym and when people were in triangle pose in particular I'd be like oh no try on a, bring your hand up and they you'd bring them up and be like okay yeah they look great now and then you'd walk off and they'd like put the prop down and you'd be like oh no so yeah it's just and it is like I get it because I had it too and I always think yoga teachers we sound so like angelic don't we that we do everything perfectly we don't we're all still learning um, and it's just kind of getting rid of the ego and going, actually, no, let's use it. Yeah. So to what extent is, is your, obviously your practice is really dynamic. Um, you know, anyone who's tried flows of yours will know that it's, you know, it's tough. It's, you know, you're working muscles really hard, but it's not that kind of contortion where it seems inaccessible. And um, so to what extent is your practice, you know, restorative? Do you have a meditation practice or a nidra practice? So yes, I do. I've had a meditation practice for about four years. And interesting enough, recently I've changed it because so I always did like a 10 minute a day, usually like guided through one of the many apps that I love, um, Headspace Calm and Expectful. If you haven't heard of Expectful, it's a really good one for mums. It's really nice. But then so last year I went to this uh, meditation event in the Shard with someone called Will Williams and he invented Bija meditation. And so it was a really lovely event because it was right in the top of the Shard and it was really sunny and we did this guided meditation through him. And then his guys afterwards messaged me and said, do you want to try the course? But we just couldn't get the dates to work because of the location. So I ended up not doing it. But anyway, during lockdown, I was really feeling massively overwhelmed and I feel like I've got a kind of fuzz in my head I just was like do you know what I just need to I feel like I need to slow down because when with the kids and trying to be a mum, a teacher a do like running my business I was just like I realized I completely had burnout so I was like I 
dug out his book because we'd got his book as part of this event and I was reading it and I was like this sounds so good um so I I messaged them and was like do you want to do an online class so anyway I did the online course or I'm halfway through it I did the kind of session with him last week and it's um it's like a lot like transcendental I think I've got that word right meditation where you get a sound or a mantra and you basically meditate around that sound um, and but it's it's very different for me because I now do two kind of 20 25 minute practices a day so I've massively upped it but there's the famous saying isn't there if you haven't if you don't have enough time to do meditation then do it for an hour or whatever it is I just I really ruined that phrase quote but you know you know the one I mean. <laughs> um, and I'm really obsessed with it I really look forward to it I've just done before I spoke to you I just did I just did my 20 minutes and I got my sound you're not allowed to tell anyone your sound and I'm really um so I'm really excited to finish the course. Like I need to do all the learning behind it. I was just kind of practicing the actual meditation bit, but it's just made me a lot calmer. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, yoga as a tool, there's sort of dynamic yoga, then there's the meditation side, then there's the kind of yoga off the mat, just how you treat the world, how you're kind to yourself, how you're kind to others. It's sort of so many limbs of it, aren't there? I mean, there are technically eight limbs of it. So. <laughs> there are, and it's, I love the way you said that. I always say that as well. Like, like yoga gives you all these tools. It's not just the postures. You get this collection of tools to help give you this inner strength to live life um, more fully. And you're, you're so right. Like, and I remember... Um, I was, I was talking about this yesterday actually funny enough but when you so in, in yoga two of the limbs are the yamas and the yamas ways to live your life like um observances and oh and basically ways to live your life better and so there are things like non-violence um uh contentment self-study and um non-stealing and and there are there are more but and it's interesting because like you just kind of delve into them and non-stealing obviously literally means don't steal other people's things which is obvious but there are other ways of looking at it and actually like people's time people's time is so valuable don't steal people's time ask people questions you know the answers to or you know just be mindful that people's time is very valuable but also like don't steal other people's opportunity to speak because how often do we ask my husband walks in for them from in the evening and I ask him how was your day but I'm not fully listening I'm not or, you know, example I gave yesterday, Laura gave to me in the training where she said her husband had come home and someone had died. And it's really hard to listen to a story that's really, unco it's really uncomfortable to listen to a story of death. And when we hear something that's uncomfortable, we're thinking, what can I say to make it better? Can I give an example? But actually, when we're saying something, is that to make them feel better or is it to make us feel better? And actually, is it kinder to just let them speak, like give them that chance of speaking? Um, and then just witnessing yourself when someone's speaking to you, you fully there because our phones are the worst things, aren't they? We're constantly there, a distraction. And actually, I've learned, particularly during lockdown, to put it on kind of like aeroplane mode when I want to get something done because otherwise you, it's just... It's the chaos, isn't it? We're, we're overwhelmed as a nation and we are constantly overloaded with everything. And actually we need to step back and cut out all the noise. And that's what the breathing techniques and meditation and yoga is trying to do, isn't it? To still the mind, to give you a moment where, and actually by taking that time, you will be more efficient. You'll get more things done and you will have time for some headspace. And I think as part of yoga, and also I think what we were talking about earlier is that 
yoga as a tool for mental health, but also therapy, you know, whether that's CBT or EMDR or whatever kind of therapy, you know, like, like you say, it's not a cure-all. But I do think it helps you to learn that quality of empathy that you were just sort of talking about then, that it's not yeah. about trying to think about how can I, what can I say to comfort this person? Actually, by just comforting them, you can just listen. Yep, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And I was so, funny enough, I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day who's in AA and she was saying it's it's there's so much overlap between yoga and the the program that they do in it like it, actually all of these things kind of overlap with each other a lot of things that i did in therapy were like overlapping with uh, concepts and ideas that i'd learned in my training in my yoga practice mm. um so yeah i they, it's it's so valuable it's so valuable um so obviously your practice is made up a lot of you have a lot of self practice you have a really strong self practice um, do you have periods where you have just like a self-practice drought? I'm really, yeah, because I'm six months postpartum and the, I just can't get on my mat unless yes. I smile. <laughs> yes. And actually funny enough, I remember thinking this after um, I'd had Amelie, I can't remember what it was like after I had Jack, but yeah, definitely. And I think, I think lockdown is like stealing our inspiration a little bit. Um, and so what do I do? I, um, to get around it, I get inspiration for others. So I go to teachers that I love, like everyone's online at the moment, aren't they? So that is quite easy. Um, or I, what I really like doing is kind of thinking, okay, what do I need today? I'm writing it down. So I'm not just free flowing. I've got some structure because I've written down, actually, I want to do this. Because sometimes if we just stand on our mat and go, right, okay, go, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. The opportunities are endless, but actually if you just simply write it down. So yes, I do. And I have it with Instagram as well. Like I'll go through like, oh, I don't know what to share now because I'm not feeling inspired. Um, so yes, I do. It's normal. It's 100% normal. Yeah. Let's just talk about Instagram briefly. Um, so you set up your Instagram, I think it's sort of 2016, 2017, whenever, roughly whenever I started following you. I think. <laughs> um, what was your kind of thinking when you set up an Instagram account? What, what was your, did you have any expectation? I just feel like, cause I'm obviously a lawyer and you're an actuary. I'm so naturally risk averse that the idea of putting myself out there publicly is like, Oh goodness. So even just doing this podcast is like one of those things where I feel like my friends will sort of say to me, really, you're doing a podcast. That's unusual. Um, it's, and the funny thing is, you know, the reason why I did it actually was my husband was doing it. So I was doing my, I was probably midway through my teacher training, maybe or, or maybe coming to the end I can't remember and I it was like I'd, I hadn't really thought about it and he just said like well you should start one and I was like really and then I was like okay it's, it was it's so not like me and actually there's a I don't you'll notice I very rarely post pictures um, and if I do they'll have pictures that I've done at a shoot they're not pictures that I've taken because I can't take pictures I find them so awkward mm -hmm. to do and I just I that's what and videos for me like I know obviously you probably could argue that this, this isn't true video d doesn't show the whole whole story but you're then like teaching someone how to do things because you see in Instagram still like these crazy poses and you just think oh my wow how do you do that or someone in this incredible handstand but actually they can't handstand they've gone into that like for one second I could show you a beautiful handstand on my page but it's not real um, so I just wanted it to be real I wanted to explain to people how I'd struggled um and how what things had helped me so I think that was my intent when I first started it but yeah. I'm, I'm really risk averse as well like <laughs> I get I get what you're saying and now it's just grown I mean you're nearly 350,000 I know it's insane 
that's mad. That's I mean, it's not mad because obviously everyone's enjoying your content, but you know, just, I bet your expectation, I mean, if you told oh. yourself in 2016, 2017, you would have been like, no. No, yeah, absolutely. I, and also I remember a joke with my husband, like, um, I, and fun, so funnily enough, I, it, part of it is obviously content and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to belittle myself, but, um, part of it is luck. So we, Lizette, who I did, Lizette Pomper, who I did this rock the block challenge with recently. Um, we, we have a very similar practice. So I found her quite early on and we, we were like, our practice is always so similar. And we, it was one of those where she, she'd show something. And then I was like, Oh, I'm literally practicing the same thing at the moment. And I did a challenge. I teamed up with her and did the challenge and it just, it, it, it just blew up. Um, and I remember, I think cause, um, some someone big joined us and I just remember literally going from probably like 2000 followers to 8,000 followers in, in like a few weeks. And then you, so part of it, part of it is luck. I can't, I'm, I'm losing my thread. Of, oh yeah. So my husband was joking with me when I set it up and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've hit a thousand. He was like, talk to me when you've hit 5,000 and I hit 5,000. Talk to me when you hit 20,000 talk to me when you've hit 50,000. And I was like, hit 50,000. He was like, oh my God, this is like, he's like, this is like nearly Twickenham. Like he loves rugby. I was like, oh my gosh. And then he was like, okay, well talk to me when you've hit like quarter of a million. And when I did, like, even now I'm like, that is this insane. Like it is insane, but it is, it, it's one of those funny things though. Like, so, so many people get their accounts hacked. I could literally, what does it mean? It's, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's a really weird thing. Like, it, and then <laughs> to give you another story again, involving my husband, because he's not on it. He's not really on Instagram. He's on it literally just to follow me and he doesn't really go on it very much. And, um, and so I got my blue tick when I changed my name, which we were talking about. So I changed my name this year to, from Yoga Girl London to Hannah Barrett Yoga. Um, and I was actually really nervous about the change because, you know, you never know how a name change is going to go. And someone had advised me, don't do it. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so I was like, I, I needed to do it. And so I did it and it's actually been really good because now actually people know what my real name is because people like knew me as Yoga Girl and they didn't actually know I was Hannah. But because I did it as well, like I managed to get my blue, my verified blue tick as well. Anyway, so I literally just found out that I'd been blue tick. And my husband comes in and I was like, oh my God, I got blue tick today. And he was the first person I told. And he was like, sorry. And I was like, I got a blue tick on Instagram today. He was like, I don't know what that is. So then I had to explain to him what a blue tick was. And in doing so, he was like, I can't, I'm so, I, I just don't, like, I don't get it. So you're basically saying there's a blue tick that you are who you are. And I was like, this world is so weird, isn't it? <laughs> like, yes, that's why I'm excited. Someone external has verified that I am myself. <laughs> and it's just so, it's so, so it is a bit ridiculous. But um, so yes, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's weird. I never really expected ever, anything to be, for it to, to do this. Um, but it, it does, it's like, it doesn't change you. As a, like, I'm still me. Like, it's not it's just the same on me yeah and you're still doing you're still teaching your classes you're still teaching you know you're still doing your youtube stuff which is really great just it's so great to have like free yoga out there because yoga is for everybody isn't it and yeah it's so true it's getting it onto youtube so that anyone can see it i know exactly it is it's so it's so true like it's really important and what you were saying earlier is about making it or trying to make it as accessible as possible so you can show people that it's not just it's not just the splits it's not and actually I always say look 
is it more important to be able to do the slits or is it more important to be able to get off the floor not using your hands and it's better to be able to get off the floor not using your hands you need that mobility you don't you know as we were saying before about the adding the strength and mobility into it is not just stretching it shouldn't be just stretching because when you're just stretching you are probably damaging your body like yoga does a lot of forward folds and if you're forward folding continuously 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 you can hurt your hamstrings and i hurt my hamstrings and it still is twinging like now a year or two later and it's really annoying injury to have and it was because i was teaching so much um and i was not thinking about demonstrating and i would demonstrate halfway through the class when i hadn't been warm and practicing and i and i and i pulled my hamstring um or slightly tore it so we need strength we need strength mobility and flexibility you need an all-round practice it's, it's so interesting actually the amount of people i've spoken to on this podcast who've torn a hamstring and I'm, it's it's like it's just one have of those, you done it too yeah i had cortisol injections and everything oh god it's so yeah. annoying the really annoying thing is it takes ages to heal i know and you've got to do the rehab like finola it's always on to me to do my rehab but it's good like it's taught me it taught me so much like you've got to learn through injuries and actually like i do a lot more um hamstring strength in my classes now because yeah. we we don't often strengthen our hamstrings and you it's funny you get people who do <laughs> hamstring stuff and like you know things like dancer or bow pose for example without touching hand to foot and people hate it because they can't do it as well as if they could grab hold of their foot and pull themselves passively into the stretch yeah. but we need standing up and bending your knee and keeping your knee bent standing up like a little peacock <laughs> it's like your hamstring will be like ah. <laughs> i know yeah exactly exactly um it's tough it's isn't it actually not a peacock i don't know what <laughs> I, I just went with it <laughs> um yeah and do you know what's interesting as well is that i find that if there's someone next to you in a class who's really really deep into a forward fold they're probably not feeling anything you might be feeling a lot more on your journey down to touching your toes than someone who has just got that natural flexibility yeah i was recently doing a class of um dylan werner's and again i'm probably gonna ruin whatever he says and like trying to trying to remember but he it was basically like it's all about sensation and like and I often say to people, like, close your eyes. Don't compare yourself with your next door neighbor because, you know, there's a lot at the moment out on hypermobility. And actually, I remember a friend in my teacher training saying her teacher who was hypermobile felt no stretches. And actually, she wanted to be able to feel it. Um, and it's not hypermobility is not a glamorous thing. It might be glamorous now when you can take these incredible Instagram poses, but you know, in 10, 20, 30 years time, if you haven't built that strength and looks after your body in the right way, you are going to be in pain potentially. Yeah. Sorry, not to freak people out, but you could yeah. be in pain. All the fluid around the joints is just going to wear away as they keep knocking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You need, you do need strength. So I have, actually, I'm going to ask you a question. What is your favorite pose do you have one oh. I, this is not that was not on my list so i just I've, it's just come up now i just <laughs> it's my favorite pose i love it i would like my original my initial thought was warrior three don't know why so maybe i'll go with that one or like something like chaturanga something that makes you feel powerful every time you do it it would be something like that yeah um, what's your favorite pose i want to throw that back at you oh gosh um do you know what legs up wall <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. That's such a nice one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm stealing that one. Legs up the wall. <laughs> you know what my least favorite pose is? I, I don't know why I've never gotten on with it. I just can't stand pigeon. 
I'm, I'm like, I, I teach it and you'll see me. And I'll sort of say, so come down into pigeon and I'll demonstrate how to get into pigeon. And I'll sit right back up and sort of start being like, right, I'm out of pigeon. <laughs> and what, what about on your back? Do you it, it, like recline pigeon? Yeah, I like recline pigeon. I just have dodgy knees. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I really want to ask you more about that, but maybe we'll do that off. <laughs> Could be to do with your feet. Yeah. <laughs> What's your, do you have a, do you have one that you just, you avoid? I do have quite a few and actually from doing this new teacher training I have even more um because this physio who's been Lara who's been doing it for years and years is like there are so many poses you should not actually teach one of them actually headstand I don't practice headstand anymore I'm all for pincher she's like because it's you can really injure yourself our our, um, bones at the top of our neck are so small and fragile and actually like how many times have you seen someone do a headstand and you're like oh um so I splits I hate the splits it's my nemesis like I I go I was really obsessed with getting it and I was so close to being there and then I hurt my hamstring and now I'm like actually what's the point I don't want to be able to do the splits and but at the same time it's a little part of me does just to be able to say I can do the splits that's my ego 100% funny though is that when you achieve it there'll be something else you want to be then you want to be in the splits and you want to start lying your torso down over the front leg or something like you know it'll never be enough is it that's the thing yeah and then you think oh I could go a little bit further exactly exactly yeah um so yogi that you would love to practice with oh 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 I've got can I give you three so one of them would be Lara because I haven't Lara Hyman who because I haven't met her in real life I've just flowed with her on screen and funny if my daughter's obsessed with her as well because when she's teaching anatomy she has a she has a muscle man (laughs) figure and she has skeleton (laughs) he's called slim shady and emily used to always go where's slim shady where's muscle man um so i think emily would have to be there too so she got to meet her and then i'd love to meet lizette pompa in real life as well because we've never met in real life and then my last one is dylan werner i'd love to i always wanted to do his actual 300 hour training i'm not sure if i'm ever going to get to it but um i'd love to do kind of proper training with him yeah it's nice that you say in person because at the moment the reality is because of zoom you can practice with anyone it's a it's a real corona perk isn't it? yeah but it is how much are you aching for human contact yeah. yoga wise like that the feeling like you know i think everyone's a little bit zoom classed out in a way like they're they're great but you oh, just aching to be near people Mm. we funny enough we've actually started to do pavement yoga on my road so i've started to co-teach pavement yoga so one teacher at one end and one teacher at the other end each with six students and just flirt, do the exact same flow um and that's been so nice to actually just watch people in real time moving that's so nice that's so i've never heard of that pavement yoga that sounds really funny but <laughs> that's so nice um and then finally a book that you would recommend that can be yoga or non-yoga Oh God, I read that you wanted to ask me this question yesterday and, um, oh, there's one and like, oh, actually I'm going to give this one because I love it and I really want my kids to read it. Um, the, the four agreements, it's such a simple one. It's not specifically yoga, but such a simple concept, four ways to basically live your life fuller, happier. Um, yeah. Have you read it? No, I haven't. No, I've not heard oh, it. It's amazing. It's really, it's, it's just, it's really short actually. So it's very easy to read. I'm going to try and remember what the four agreements are. Don't think, take things personally. Um, basically be kind with your words, always do your best and don't make assumptions. 
so yeah and just it's just such a simple idea but i wish i wish i'd had it when i was younger i can't wait to actually share it with you your kids because when you're younger often people will be mean to you and say things and actually to understand people that person is probably being that you know it's never about you it's very selfish actually to think this person is doing this because of me it's really and like it i used to get really angry when driving my car and now i'm like don't make assumptions that person who's just cut me off or has been rude to me might be running to, rushing to the hospital something might have happened like it is and it goes back to what we we're saying about mums as well don't judge other people and we all do sometimes so remember that but um yeah yeah uh, yeah the don't make assumptions one really resonates with me because i feel like even when i'm having a conversation with my husband sometimes i'll be like why are you in the mood with me and he'll be like i'm not in a mood with you what's wrong with you and it's because i'm having a day where i'm just feeling like maybe i'm in a mood with him or something yeah 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 on him so i'm definitely going to read that one yeah um, and then obviously people know where to find you hannah barrett yoga on yeah. you've got your youtube channel you've got your two amazing ebooks you've got yeah. your pre-founded strength through yoga website and you've got your hannah barrett hannah barrett yoga website yes and i can probably actually say this because i will have my app up and running by then hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed i just said that and i've probably tempted fate but um it should be coming out in july hannah barrett yoga app you can oh, practice with me sure that i release this after it's out <laughs> <laughs> awesome. what's in store on the app um just basically more of what you see on youtube but more like loads more and i'll still be putting out free content on youtube and there's loads of free content on the app as well so you don't have to pay for it but there'll be meditations there's going to be courses like rock the blocks courses going to be on there like short kind of flows where you can rock the block um lots of long classes um loads of stuff i filmed i've just been filming away loads and loads of stuff Oh, amazing. I can't wait to download it. Oh. Uh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Um, thank you for asking me. Come on as well. You know, it's, I've, as I say, I've followed you for years and years, so it's amazing to actually speak to you over Zoom, obviously, because that's just <laughs> what we'll do. <laughs> we'll, meet, we'll meet one day in real life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll come along to one of your classes. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Harriet. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed the chat. Subscribe now to hear more from the inspirational yoga teachers that are appearing on this first series of Me and My Yoga. We release a new episode fortnightly so you don't have to wait too long for our next dosage of all things yoga. You can check out more about my story and this podcast on my website yogaharriet.com and my Instagram yoga.harriet. This podcast is brought to you in association with the mental health charity Milestone. Milestone is a charity which uses the power of sport to normalise the conversation around mental health, to remove stigmas that still exist in today's society and to act as a catalyst to engage with and tackle whatever it is that people are facing in the knowledge that they are not alone. You can find out more about Milestone at teammilestone.co.uk or following them on Instagram at milestone.uk or Twitter at milestone underscore UK. Thanks for listening.